The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Thinking sideways. I don't understand. Does not compute. You never know. Insufficient data to formulate a reply. What? Stories of things we simply don't know the answer to. Well, hi there, everybody, and welcome back to Thinking Sideways, the podcast. Uh, Welcome back for everybody who's been with us before. Hi there, and welcome for the first time for anybody that hasn't. Well, who hasn't? I think everybody in the world listens to us now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Not quite. Not exactly. Uh, Well, today we're going to go into a subject that I kind of feel like maybe I stole out from under Devin, because Devin likes to do the stories about weird noises. Yeah, you did. And I sort of... I've been like working on that megalithic episode that may or may not happen, and I just got distracted, and suddenly I was like... What are we doing this week? And it was like, oh, skyquakes. Ah, oh, Steve. Yep. Uh, yeah, she tried to stab him, but yeah. uh, I, pulled, I pulled her <laughs> off of the, him. Back, the drama of the show. Yeah, it's, it's not. You don't need to let it bleed stuff. over. Yeah. Well, let's talk about skyquakes. Skyquakes are uh, a weird phenomena. Uh, depending on where you are in the states, in the continental United States, or or maybe in other countries, you'll hear them named a number of different things. Uh, You'll hear them called the guns of Seneca, the moodest noises, fog guns, mistopoofers, the barasol guns. These things have a lot of names. They're regional names. Very regional. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, but, but they're all over, but you know, that kind of gives you an idea that what we're talking about isn't focused in any one region. It, this is a global phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's um, been going on for a long time. It has been going on for quite a long like time. Like hundreds of years? Hundreds of years. Okay. Yes, yes. We have accounts from a long time ago, which we'll, we'll actually get to here briefly. Oh, great. Uh, so let's do this. So just to kind of give kind of the basic rundown mm-hmm. of skyquakes, mm-hmm. typically they're reported in coastal areas, and, and that can be, you know, on the coast of the ocean or a large lake or occasionally large rivers like the Danube or um, the Mississippi, mm. things like that, and or the Ganges was the other one that I was thinking mm. of. Usually what happens, the sky is clear. If there are clouds, they're not very big, and specifically, they're not thunder clouds. They're like white, poofy clouds. Yes, they're yeah. just nice white, poofy clouds mm-hmm. against the blue sky. Uh, out of nowhere, there will be an extremely loud boom, and these th- these noises are sometimes uh, described as sounding like a cannon or artillery going off. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's not always just one. Sometimes there can be several in a row, one after the other. So it's not as if there's one event causing a single boom. We're we're talking in multiples. Mm. Yeah, the one the one that I have heard, the only one that I've actually heard a recording of it sounds like a big boom followed by somewhat three somewhat smaller booms Mm -hmm. and you know almost like a machine gun kind of thing kind of kind of there's kind of a rhythm there yeah well and as Devin was uh was briefly alluding to that they've been around for a long time Mm -hmm. we've known about them uh when the european settlers came to the northeast of the united states the iroquois evidently told them the indians Mm -hmm. of the area told them that they had heard the noises before and they explained it as the great spirit continuing his work on shaping the earth mm. because evidently it was a work in progress well, well yeah. it actually kind of is <laughs> it kind of is it's still, it's still changing <laughs> yeah. yeah um so you know i could try and describe these a lot but what i figured was the best thing to do was to take the recording that one of the recordings that i found online oh yeah and and play that for everybody so that you can kind of get an idea of what this sounds like. Now, the clip that we're going to we're going to put in here, there are car alarms and there are dogs barking in the background and I I'm going to try and ease that out as much as possible, but it will be very obvious when the skyquake happens mm-hmm. and it is extremely loud. Yeah. So just nah. be prepared for that. There you go. I, very yeah. obvious. It does sound like cannons. It really, yeah. it does. It, it does sound, sound like... like car alarms. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It sounds like artillery or thunder or a cannon or, or something. But it, it does sound like artillery to me. Yeah, it, it's really weird. I have a theory. Oh, but, but I'm going to wait till later. Oh, until yeah. we get into the theory section. Yeah, because that's where we're at. Oh, yeah. because I'll, I'll, literally I'll listening to this the skyquake that gives you a good idea of what it is, and there are so many places that they've happened that it's not worth going into every one. It's much simpler just to kind of get into 
what the theories are of what is causing these. Great. Yeah. Well, I, I'm going to tell you what my theory I'm is. I'm at it. It's like my theory is is uh, um, a gigantic alien starship in the in the uh, atmosphere, and they teleport out. Basically, they go into warp or whatever, or they just vanish from the spot that they were in, which is immediately filled by air rushing in, creating a big kaboom. Ah. Yeah, so that's that's one theory. Okay, well, Joe led us off with the uh, most fantastical theory. Yeah. No, he didn't. Because actually, the first theory uh. is pretty fantastical. Mm, oh. The EMP theory? Yeah. This first theory says that these are government experiments with EMPs that are causing this noise. Okay, and now just quickly, uh, how do they explain the fact that it's been going on for hundreds they of years? They don't. That's, okay. that's so kind of the they don't. That theory. That's an it? issue with the theory. Well, and yeah. we can just go ahead and say that if the government is has something going on like this, they would probably... Um, propagate stories of it happening for a long time, possibly, right, or maybe would, they like, spread that, or maybe they rip the space-time continuum and the noises are reflected back in time. Mm-hmm. That's just that. as crazy. Or they might have teleported back in time to plant stories like Ooh, this, or make sounds like. There this. you go. Yeah. There you go. Well, here's here's the, the the main thing that drives this EMP government conspiracy theory because this really is kind of a conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. It's all based around an event that is referred to as the Bell Island Boom. Okay, now, now for clarity, by EMP, you're talking about electromagnetic pulse, Yes, correct? electromagnetic pulse. Okay. That is absolutely correct. Bell Island is located on the southeastern tip of Newfoundland. Canada? Uh, yeah, it's, Canada. It's, 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 it's... Right, not New Jersey? No. <laughs> It's not New Jersey, okay. no. There's, I mean, there's Newfoundland. Okay. No. Okay. It is not clear, New Jersey. Canada. Got it. Okay, no. Newfoundland is, it's in Canada, it's in the Atlantic, it's kind of like one of their farthest islands okay. to the east. It's, sure. it's, and it's not a small place, but what happens is April 2nd, 1978, there's a huge booming, or some people, depending on the source, describe it as the sound of an explosion. And according to the reports, there's a lot of damage to the houses in the area. And I'm guessing this is from a concussive blast. Mm. So and, by damage, they mean broken windows. Yeah, broken windows. And evidently the power lines in the area were fried out and melted. Mm. Uh, you see it described as vaporized in a couple of the things. Mm. Um, now, the thing is, unlike most of the booms that we're going to talk about, there was a uh, something physical left behind and that was holes in the ground. There were two holes left in the ground, and they were, uh, let's see here, they were three feet across and two feet deep. Wow. Which doesn't really match up with a lot of the stuff that, that we get from the these skyquakes. So this they could be don't, an outlier. Yeah, I think it, I think it is. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's a lot of, of fantastical stuff that goes on with the story of Bell Island. But we're, we're going to leave most of that behind. Okay. Uh, because what we want to do is we want to focus on this, this electromagnetic pulse theory part. Okay. Uh, according to the theory that this is some government body that's responsible for this, and mm-hmm. a lot of stuff will point to, well, it was the Americans or it was the Russians. Um, you've got to kind of take a look at what happened at the time with the, this and why they think it's an electromagnetic pulse. One of the things is that with an EMP, there's no radiation, 
typically there's no touchdown point, like mm-hmm. these holes in the ground. But, but by radiation, you mean there's no... Uh, like atomic radiation. You, you just set off an A-bomb. There's, there's no really high-frequency radiation. Yes, there's I mean, no EMP, fallout. EMP works through radiation. Yes, but, yeah, but you but know what I'm saying. It's, it's, like, about it's not Hiroshima. Yeah, the kind of stuff that you know gets into your blood and kills you. Correct, okay. yeah. That, okay. That's where I'm getting at. Okay. And, and so, of course, all the electronics is fried and hosed, and you can't use your iPhone. Well, people say that this must have been an experiment by a government body. And one of the, and, and again, this is a government body, whether they did it intentionally or not. So nobody says whether they were nefariously targeting Bell Island or just accidentally touched down there. What adds a ton of fuel to the fire, though, mm. is the fact that two scientists from the Los Alamos National Laboratory came to Bell Island to investigate. Mm. Mm. Now, you what might recognize... Um, you know, I didn't write down their names, and that's mm. my bad. But yeah. you might recognize the name Los Alamos National Laboratory because mm-hmm. they're the ones who were involved in the development of the first A-bomb. Mm. Yeah. So people point to that as, oh, well, those guys at that terrible place that did this must have done that. Mm. Yeah, maybe. 30-some, 20-some years later, uh, yeah. 30-some years later. Working but... on the next kind of big leap in warfare, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I mean, it's possible. I mean, the the whole EMP effect of, of atomic and nuclear weapons was known back in those days. Mm-hmm. As far as building a really teeny little nuke that that could just that was just tuned so that it would just have more than just emit radiation more so than explosive force and and all that would you know, like maybe they were working on something like that at the time I don't well, know and I've also seen in some stuff that I've read and this was more you know fictional accountings there is the fact that you can detonate a nuke several miles up. And the radiation won't get a won't hurt people like it would when it detonates on the ground, mm-hmm. but the electromagnetic pulse will still affect electronics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So theoretically, there's the idea that they were testing something high in the atmosphere, and something fell, or you know, there's people who say it's some kind of lightning. Because in the reports of Bell Island, they talk about some giant bright bolt that is was quote unquote seen from space mm. i've never seen that picture by the way yeah uh, i mean i guess yeah. i think it's it's a fair theory to think that you know if they were going to test something like this right they would probably be testing it over open water uh-huh instead of over land that makes and that, total sense you know they accidentally detonated it too close. too close to land and too close down low you know so it actually did fry a bunch of stuff it landed with some debris mm-hmm. i guess i'm yeah i can kind of get mm. behind i mean obviously like it's mm. not my favorite but like i no, also no. can't talk my way into this theory, so. <laughs> i can talk yeah. my way out of this way faster than i can talk myself into fair, yeah fair. The, the problem with this is an explanation for skyquakes is it's only one incident. And it's that is, very new. Yeah. And right? so... Yes. But I am willing to say that it could be a good explanation for Bell Island specifically. Oh, maybe. I, yeah, I, I, could, I could see some credence there. Mm-hmm. Let's move to the next theory, though. We've got meteors. Yeah. Huh. This one's actually really pretty straightforward, and the idea is that people say that what they're hearing is the sound of the sonic boom caused by a meteor entering the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, well, you know, it, it turns out that evidently, typically a meteor, when it, when it hits the atmosphere and it starts to burn up, this happens a, a hundred kilometers or about 60 miles above the Earth's surface because sound travels slower than light. People might see a shooting star and then minutes later hear the boom and so they wouldn't recognize it. And if it's a daytime, they're not going to notice this bright spot in the sky. That kind of makes sense. Uh, evidently, it takes about, from that distance up, it takes about five minutes for sound to reach from 60 miles up to the surface, down to the surface of the Earth. Mm. So there's there's some scientific credence to that. It doesn't uh, explain why it's only coastal regions. Exactly. It doesn't. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Uh, and this, this um, occurrence of meteors making noise, this is what is evidently referred to as electrophonic meteors. Okay. In other words, a meteor that is heard. Yeah, well, you know, like the one that, that exploded over Russia a year or two ago. Yeah. You know, I mean, they, they come in and they, they basically heat up and then explode and disintegrate and then create a huge boom. Well, and, th- and that's the issue, is that if it was meteors that were hitting and exploding, even if they're not big ones, you would think that we would find some kind of debris on a more regular basis than we do. Unless they're hitting the water. That's or true. burning <laughs> up. But, yeah, the thing about exploding it is... Exploding in the atmosphere, and then it's just lots of little particles. Yeah, but the thing about it is is that uh, large meteors that explode like that and make a big noise, they're not... They're kind of rare. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah. And uh, also, like, we have a lot of scientists. I'm pretty sure that somebody would be like, oh, hey, because they track it. When things, like, hit the atmosphere, they track that stuff. So, like, it would be pretty unreasonable to think that like if this is such a widespread phenomenon that somebody wasn't like oh you know what i'll do is i'll look at all of the like pretty large meteors that are capable of making the sound and see if they like correlate or not because that would have happened yeah Mm, now now, the one thing that i do think about that you know the, the issue that we had is well this happens kind of around coastal areas there's one thing that you do have to remember which is the air above the ocean tends to be cooler than the air above land. So it could be that they're hitting that cold air front. And because they're so hot, they're hitting that blast of cold air. And that might be causing them to actually shatter and explode no, rather than it. just to continue to burn up as they're going through warmer air. Does no. that make sense? No. Would it be almost like a hitting a wall? Of I mean, ice I, cold I'm air? hearing what you're saying, but I don't think the science follows yeah. okay no I, yeah. this is just again i just suddenly i was like oh well you know it is right cold rare that could be an explanation yeah. but yeah i don't think so no I, I think that yeah no next we have and this one i really find funny because you're a boy yeah i do is it's uh gas venting or burping Farts. Yeah, earth is. farts. It's earth farts. Earth exactly. farts. Yes. Which is why you think it's hilarious. I really, yeah. I am 12 years old. Yeah, well. Um, again, this, this does actually kind of explain possibly why this is in coastal areas. Yeah. Uh, what it is, is the idea is that methane gas is trapped underneath a lake or underneath the ocean. And this is caused from the bat- breakdown of organic materials, whether they be plants or animals. Mm-hmm. And then. And at some point, they seep upward, and they come up in a great explosion out of the water. But why would they explode versus just, like, bubbling up and leaking into the atmosphere? Like a fart. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. that's exa- Somebody's got to be there to light Somebody's it. Somebody's got to be there with a yeah. bick. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the problem, is that 
if it was gas, I mean, that would be a huge amount of gas to, let's ignore the explosion for a second. Sure. That would be a huge amount of gas to cause such a giant bubble that it makes that concussive blast as it just breaks the surface of the water and then the water claps back into place. Yeah, you'd be seeing a lot more dead aquatic life yeah. probably. Okay, and, mm. and if it is an explosion, okay, what's causing that explosion? And why haven't there been reports of flames of any <laughs> kind around skyquake issues? Yeah, yeah the, uh, and the thing about it is, is like when methane or oil or whatever leaks up from the ocean bottom or wherever, it just sort of seeps. It doesn't usually come up in... in met- no, it doesn't around. come out in one out gigantic yeah. outflowing. No. I'm trying really hard to not make all the fart jokes. The, the next theory is actually... V- Really closely related to the methane gas, Mm. which this actually is a theory that there's a rapid, just oxygen, but a rapid air release from the collapse of underwater caves. Mm. And again, this one kind of says, well, it's the noise from the cave collapsing and the air rushing out and all the debris underwater falling. But I I personally, that's that's a lot, a lot of caves collapsing underwater if that were the case. The thing about it is, is caves tend to be pretty stable. They've been there for Millions of years. Yeah, eons. Yeah, I know. That's why I feel if I'm, I, I used to do a little caving, and if I'm in a natural limestone cave, I feel far safer than I than I would feel like if I were in a tunnel, like the, the highway tunnel, for mm-hmm. example. Yeah, yeah, or absolutely. In an earthquake or something like that. Yeah, because I mean, this thing has been through all kinds of earthquakes. Yep. You know? Yeah. And so I, also, it, underwater caves typically don't have air. that much air. Usually, no, they they're filled they, with water. Usually, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. sometimes they have like a little bit of like air at the top or whatever, but. Mm-hmm. And so Not, it, no. And if it collapses, the air doesn't all get out at once. It collapses, a lot of debris comes down, and the air the air sort of fizzles out between all the debris. Yeah. So, it's yeah. like soda. So I think the... Uh, Perfect description. Carbonation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, would, it would sound like soda. So I think cave collapsing is a bad thing. Yeah. Yep. Yep. The, the seltzer. The <laughs> next... <laughs> flop, flop, fizz, fizz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The next one that we have here, I actually really, I kind of like this one. This is plausible. And this is that these sounds are caused by earthquakes. Sure. And there's a, there's a bit of science that we need to go into to, to help flesh this out. I'm seeing words like S-wave and P-wave. and I Yeah, and I actually abbreviated a bunch of... Oh, Big goodness. sciencey words. Okay. Okay. Earthquakes cause seismic waves, yeah. which are low frequency energy waves that travel through the surface of the earth. Sure. Mm-hmm. Now, seismologists, those are guys who study earthquakes. They study size, sizes, don't they? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. They measure the seismic waves. Use that twice in one sentence. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, that's how they determine how strong an earthquake is. So that's when you hear the Richter scale right. is what we hear a lot to determine or to describe the strength of an earthquake. We, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, and most people are probably pretty familiar with that that description. Here's where it gets a little trickier: is that the seismic waves are composed of actually two different kinds of waves. We've got a P wave and an S wave, and the P wave typically will be described as it, the name is primary wave, and S wave is secondary wave. The P wave is faster 
So it, and it also is a compressional wave. Now, what that means is that it compresses and expands material in the same direction that it's moving. So if you think of a slinky that's laying on the floor sideways and you shook it, how it, it, the, the, it travels back and forth horizontally. Yeah. So the P wave is the one that, that shakes your house from side to side and causes it to fall off its foundation. Uh, somewhat. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhat. Yes. And then we've got the S wave, and that's the slower of the two. So it's the one that shows up second because they don't always show up at the same time. That's why you can have a difference in, in an earthquake and hit in stages. And aftershock. Aftershocks, yeah. And the S wave is responsible for actually shaking the ground up and down mm. as well as side to side in the opposite direction of the P wave. So if the P wave is going directly in front of you, the S wave will make the ground heave up and down and left and right of mm. where you're you're viewing. I see. Yeah, it's uh I think the P waves are what they measure often for like the pre shocks. Because they can, you can um, you, sense well, it you can sense them ahead or, of time. Because yeah. that's the one that's easier. You can hear it coming. Yeah. Well, it, that's and that's actually a perfect segue because it turns out the P wave is the one that is making and carrying a lot of the sound that is heard when earthquakes happen. Hmm. So the theory goes that really low magnitude earthquakes. So we're talking on the Richter scale. Anywhere between 1.0 to 3.0. So these are very small. You can't really feel them. And especially if they're really deep, by the time the wave reaches the surface of the earth, Mm -hmm. its shaking power is gone for the most part. But the sound is still traveling with it. And so that sound is released and that's what we hear so and, is this the surface of the earth at basically acting like a gigantic speaker uh, vibrating and yeah. creating sound waves and it's yeah, yeah the, it's rock so the sound travels through it mm-hmm. and some material obviously will uh, allow the transmission of sound better than others mm-hmm. i believe correct me if i'm wrong here guys coastal areas are usually rich in things like limestone is that correct no. Which no is that not correct? I I, I don't I don't know if they're any more rich than anywhere else. Okay. I mean, well, they them. are rich yeah. in um, tectonic plates. Well, but what I'm looking at is <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at go. coastal areas usually are composed of the same generally, and this is a very general statement kind of rock compared to what you would find in say the center of this country or continent. And I'm thinking that maybe part of this is that if it's a less dense rock, that sound can travel easier and not dissipate. I don't know. I might be screwing up that part of the science, but there is actually a recorded episode of a lot of booming sounds from low magnitude earthquakes in Spokane, Washington back in 2001. Hmm. And a series of booming sounds were heard and they figured out that there were a series of very, very small earthquakes that happened and they were actually really close to the Earth's surface. So the sound came through, but because they were so weak, they didn't have a lot of power to shake things up, no pun intended. Yeah. So that's but that's an idea that it's it's some kind of seismic activity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a possibility. I, I mean, yeah. yeah, it does make sense. Coastal regions are, you know, they have more earthquakes often because that's where the that's where you know the tectonic plates are like really coming together. It's, 
like very often where like the shelves that's where you get the like the upheaval yeah. and the underflows. I don't but... know. I mean, I guess it makes sense, but also on the same token, like they track that stuff pretty heavily. I mean, the fact that they could track that there were earthquakes in Spokane that caused those booms would make me think that if it was the cause of all of the other ones that they would be able to track that there were also things there. The problem is that those low magnitude earthquakes mm -hmm. are really hard to pick out from the background noise of everything else that is going on in the surface of the earth. I mean, we make as people a ton of noise. Think about yeah. all of a, a freeway. And then try and think about when you're trying to get recordings out of the ground for earthquakes and all you hear is cars driving by. We create tons of vibrations and we create tons of noise, plus the ocean makes a ton of noise. That's fair. So those low magnitudes ones, they have a really hard time picking out the small ones from just all the other jumble of noise that's going on at the same time. It's fair. Yeah. I agree. We've got another one here, which... I'm sorry, I'm going to discount this right away, and I don't mean to poo-poo this, but the theory is military testing, and this is a lot like the Bell Island one. People are saying, well, the military is doing things, and they're not telling us about it, and that's causing these noises. But my issue is, again, the longevity of the booms being recorded versus when we had the capability to make this kind of sound. Well, yeah, exactly. I Same mean... as sonic booms. It's like, uh, you know, I, I really think that these things are probably caused by a whole lot of different causes. So probably some of them are sonic booms. Some of them are artillery or explosions of people mining dynamite, you know, using dynamite to blast out quarries. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, but I know that this can't be what caused this when the original natives of this country, the U.S., heard this noise. Yeah. I know it was not the U.S. military nah. setting off some secret weapon. No, yeah. and there weren't a bunch of white people over there doing some mining, you know, because no. they weren't here, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So, uh, military I, testing, not people it, with it's Okay, it could account for a very, very teeny percentage, but that's all I'll give it. Mm. Uh, next we have, and this is actually a theory that really only comes up in one area, but that is the continental shelf falling off, which is actually something that Devin just touched on a little bit, but this only happens in the South Atlantic. This theory only mm -hmm. comes from the South Atlantic region of the United States. And what it says in its simplest form is that we've got tectonic plates yep. that mm -hmm. are heaving over each other and diving under and that the continental shelf is essentially sloughing off and Flaking breaking off. off as it's, you know, being uh, pushed under. I don't mm -hmm. like it. No, yeah. I don't like it. I mean, anything that, that that would create that kind of clear noise would also be creating huge tsunamis and, uh -huh. yep. you know, a oh, lot yeah. of other stuff. And we're not seeing no. lots of tsunamis. Also, really. the continental sh shelf isn't falling off in the little, middle of Lake Michigan, for instance. Well, there might be like a little Michigan shelf that's falling off. <laughs> that's probably true. Yeah, I mean, hey. The little Michigan shelf. Yeah, yeah huh? the little Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. well, okay. Any other theories? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, and I got to tell you, this last, this one that we're about to go into is probably my favorite theory. And that is that this is caused by meteorological events. That's a mouthful of a word. It is 
Though the folks at home don't know what I said it seven times before I got it right. That's <laughs> um, what happens when you're the editor. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Here's what's going on. Uh, and this is based on what's called inversion or atmospheric inversion. Heat rises. Mm-hmm. We know that. So as heat rises, it warms the air. So the warm of the, the air at the surface of the earth is warmer. And as it goes up, it cools until yeah. we get to the top of the atmosphere. Right. Out in the ocean, this would hold true unless we get an upwelling of cold water because currents cause upwells. And so they push tons and tons of cold water towards the surface. And that can cool that air in that region. So if you think about the way the air is, and let's just break this down into three layers from the surface of the Earth. So we've got the bottom layer, the middle layer, which is slightly cooler, and the top layer that goes to the edge of our atmosphere, that's the coldest. You with me so far? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, if we get a cold air inversion because of that, that cold air pushes up as it comes inland, it it kind of pushes itself a bit above and we get a cold, warm, cold. So it's cold air on the bottom, warmer air in the middle, and then colder air on the top. And it, it kind of creates a air shelf. Okay. What happens is sound travels typically farther in a cold environment. Mm. So if we have this happen... And out at sea, several miles out at sea, there's a thunderstorm. People in the area are going, wow, it's kind of a cold day. It's clear blue skies, but it's chilly because they don't realize that, you know, let's say 20 miles up, the air is actually warmer than where they're at Mm -hmm. or it's warmer than it should be. Then we've got a storm out at sea and it's a thunderstorm. That sound from the thunder is going to ricochet. Oh, it goes through a cold air tunnel. It goes through a cold air. It hits the surface of the water. It bounces up. It hits that kind of shelf barrier between the cold low area Mm -hmm. and the warm middle area and bounces back down to the Mm -hmm. earth. It's kind of like skipping that we talked about with Lost Boy Larry with how radio frequencies skip. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's actually a phenomenon that uh, they experience with sonar and undersea. Yeah. So you it, get because thermal layers, mm-hmm. a, a thermal layer, which is a, te- a temperature gradient, yes. a sudden change, uh, low frequency sounds can travel hundreds of miles. So yep. if you, yeah, and, and so, so that thing bounces back and forth. Right. And so that, that thunder would bounce back and forth, the sound of the thunder. And so it comes inland where it's a beautiful blue sky day. And there's this sudden crack and raging noise, which if you think about that clip that we played, kind of sounds like thunder. Yeah, I guess uh-huh. the only problem I would have with this is that it seems like the sound would kind of deteriorate over the... And I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know if it does or not. But I lived in the Midwest for a little while, and they have some pretty rip-roaring thunderstorms out there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Still, you know, I don't know that I have ever heard thunder that is like that percussive that sets car alarms off like crazy. I mean, yeah, every once in a while, but for it to be coming from like 20 miles away out to sea or whatever, and be traveling to still be that percussive, to be like that powerful seems counterintuitive to me. And I don't totally, you know, I'm not a scientist. I don't have the science behind it, but that se- it seems like at least the percussive quality of it would deteriorate a little bit, that it wouldn't be 
Well, have you ever have you ever been in your house and the thunderstorm is directly above you and it's rattling the windows? Yeah, or if you've been on a mountain, so you're high mm-hmm. up and a giant thunderclap goes off, it's friggin' loud. Yeah, but right? I, and it yeah. rattles the hell out of me. And stuff. I don't, but I don't know if it you know sets off car alarms like that or if it uh, you know that was um, all the car alarms. I would say that right? it if, was. If you're if you're at ground zero in a lightning storm, where I, I which I have been in. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the boom is tremendous, and that sure. was set off. But, but, but yeah, again, from a distance, it it's hard to say. Yes, yeah. it really is. I mean, that video that we saw, we saw that we heard the car alarms going off. Mm-hmm. But the guy that was making the video, maybe he and his friends were throwing rocks at all the cars in the neighborhood to make them go <laughs> off. Just and out, the dogs, just so the dogs were barking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, the other thing is that when we listened to that video earlier, and it, we keep talking about this. Like, I don't know that it'd be that percussive. It's also, I don't know, it doesn't really sound like thunder to me. Well, it's, it sounds... It's, it, you know, interestingly, if you if you listen to the the two blasts that yeah. you hear, they're remarkably consistent. It's, they ba- are. Ba- it's basically th- three quick explosions. Yeah, and, and it's, what, you know, thunder is usually like... It's a little more random. Uh, <laughs> that go, Devin? No. Yeah. It is, it. It, I, of course, you know, this particular video, I mean, it, not, it isn't necessarily one of these uh, sky booms or whatever we're calling them. Uh, Skyquake? Skyquakes, yeah. Sky boom, I like uh, it. Sky boom, sky boom. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, what it sounded to me like, it was three quick explosions. It sounded to me like um, uh, an M16 with a three-round burst selector activated. <laughs> I didn't mean uh, it does sound like a gun. Very yeah. specific. No, I mean it, it could. Um, sound, I mean, I've I, you know I've I've lived in rural areas where they were setting off explosives, and it does kind of sound like an explosion, literally like an explosive mm-hmm. detonating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know that could be an explanation, and that would explain why the sound is so loud and so clear. But again, the problem is, why is it only in these areas? I mean, um, are they doing something off the coast with explosives that people don't realize? Possible. There's explosions going on everywhere. Uh, but yeah, again, this one sounded to me like a three-round burst from from an M16. And it, you know, and it's it's possible that the other ones sound different, but it's. Yeah, tell. we've only got the. I mean, there's there's a number of videos out there that you they're can track down. Good. I mean, I only mm-hmm. pulled one yeah. in, and the problem is, is that they're all outside with you know the wind and the dogs and the cars, and it's a cell phone or a video camera, so it's it's hard to get that noise very clear and exact. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that, and these things, you know, most often when they happen, you just get a single boom, right? Not so, always. You run no. outside. I mean, there's multiples like what we've I've read about, you know, several in a row. So it's not as if it's, like I said in the beginning, it's not always just one. Mm-hmm. It can be several of them. Mm-hmm. That kind of lends I don't a, know. The, yeah, it kind of lends credence to the whole theory that it's a thunderstorm far away, that the, the sound's just being channeled. Mm. Uh, yeah, and that's like and then like that's the I, honestly that's that talked about that that's my favorite one. That the last theory that we've got. I'm even worse on than the uh, the military testing is people say, well, it was a gun. Like mm-hmm. Joe just said, oh, it was somebody was shooting a gun. Somebody was shooting a big gun. Handguns, long guns, big guns. Uh, there's still the problem of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We haven't always been able to make a that loud of a concussive sound. So that to me seems 
too simple, mm. and I just I kind of let it go right at you know right yeah. after reading about. I think it. that's fair. Yeah, I know it is. I I I think that um, again, as I said earlier, I think it's uh, these things probably come from a multiple set of sources, and uh, I, I'm liking the. I agree with you. I'm on liking that. the whole idea of the sound channel being converted by the inversion layer, and you know, then it's being sort of funneled towards the coastline from a distant storm. That's and that probably is responsible for some of that. And I, I also agree that it's that, and I think part of it probably is, you know, the earthquake theory. Mm-hmm. There are small minor earthquakes that channel that sound, and I think that's possibly some of it as well. Now, why it's only heard in coastal regions, that's uh-huh. not really explained very well mm-hmm. in this, but, you know, that's that's the other one that I kind of I kind of give stock to. Yeah, and then there could be... The, I, a couple of occasional random ones could be uh, meteors, could be sonic booms, maybe. Yeah, yeah. No, I think a I think a nice mix of all of the theories is probably the best explanation for this one. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. All right. Well, that is the theories that we've got. I think we've kind of all weighed in enough on that. I don't Mm -hmm. think we need to beat that anymore. Uh, If you have any thoughts of your own, you can always tell us about them. You could send us an email. The email address is thinkingsidewayspodcast at gmail.com. If you want to watch the video that we uh, we listen to in the show or read any of the other research links, those will be on the website. The website is thinkingsidewayspodcast.com. We also have the shows available there for listening, but a lot of folks are doing it through iTunes. So if you're on iTunes, take the time, uh, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a rating. And if you want to stream us because it's just easier for you, you can always find us on Stitcher or TuneIn. Those are two uh, easy spots to stream the show. We are on Twitter, so uh, it's Thinking Sideways. Is us so and we dropped, uh, we dropped a G. We dropped a G. Be more hip. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we wanted to fit into it with today's new crowd. We dropped a G, yo. Um, so we're also on Facebook. Uh, we have the group and we have the Facebook page. Well, that's all we got. Okay, awesome. Hit it all, well, ladies huh. and gentlemen. We will talk to you next week. And uh, thanks. Ciao, everybody. Bye, guys. Hi there. Welcome to Thinking Sideways. Tonight, we cover skyquakes. Who are they? Where do they come from? What do they want?